Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, whatever time of day it is when you may tune in. This is Reverend Kay Mortimer with Covenant Truth Ministries, and this is today's episode 93 of our Truth Tidbits as we look into the scriptures each day and just comment on whatever the Lord may be speaking to us. I want to share with you from Isaiah chapter 45 again today. And I want to pick up and read a few of the verses, and then I really want to focus on uh, one particular element. And the title of this today is Look and Live. Welcome as you join in. Look and Live. In Isaiah 45, verse 17, it says this, But Israel shall be saved by the Lord with an everlasting salvation. You shall not be ashamed, disgraced forever and ever. For thus says the Lord, who created the heavens, who is God, who formed the earth and made it, who has established it, who did not create it in vain, who formed it to be inhabited. Wow, beautiful. I am the Lord and there is no other. I have not spoken in secret in a dark place of the earth. I did not say to the seed of Jacob, seek me in vain. I, the Lord, speak righteousness. I deliver things that are right. I declare things that are right. Excuse me. Assemble yourselves and come. Draw near together, you who have escaped from the nations. They have no knowledge who carry the wood of their carved image and pray to a God that cannot save. Tell and bring forth your case. Yes, let them take counsel together who has declared, who has declared this from ancient time. Who has told it from that time? Have not I the Lord? And there is no other God besides me, a just God and a Savior. There is none besides me. Look to me and be saved, all you ends of the earth, for I am God and there is no other. <clears throat> I have sworn, <coughs> excuse me, I have sworn by myself, the word has gone out of my mouth in righteousness and shall not return, that to me every knee shall bow, every tongue shall take an oath, he shall say, surely in the Lord I have righteousness and strength. To him men shall come, and all shall be ashamed who are incensed against him. In the Lord all the descendants of Israel shall be justified and shall glory. I want to focus on two comments and two specific things today. First of all, I really want to draw out of um, verse 21 and <clears throat> verse 25 here where it talks about, and there is no other God besides me, a just God and a Savior. There is none besides me. And then 25 talks about how the descendants will be justified and shall glory. Justification is a, is a term that is a big word theologically, but it simply means that there is a God, the judge, who we stand before in our own sinful condition guilty. We are condemned and guilty before a holy God. However, because he has provided a way of salvation, he can now be a just God to forgive us of our sins and acquit us of that sin, and therefore we can be <clears throat> justified and glory in the salvation that God has provided for us, just like it says here. There's no one else that can do that for us. God is the holy God, the just judge that sits, the judge of all the earth. 
And in his courtroom, the devil, our prosecutor, our adversary, our accuser, he's got the goods on us. He knows all the sins we've committed our whole life, and he can verify that we are condemned. We stand before God condemned and guilty as a sinner. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. But God provided a defense attorney for us who has paid our death penalty. And it is that death penalty that he's talking about here that I'm going to get into a little more in detail in just a moment. But because that death sentence for the wages of sin is death, because an innocent Lamb of God, the Son of the living God, Jesus the Messiah, died in our place. The just God is also our Savior. <clears throat> he is both. He is both just and the justifier of everyone who believes in Jesus Christ, according to Paul in Romans chapter 3. So God is a just God, but he also offers salvation, and he is just to forgive us for our sins and to give us salvation because Jesus paid the price. So he says here, look to me and be saved, all you ends of the earth. In this passage, he's talking about the promise of salvation specifically to the Jewish people. This is the writing of Isaiah to the Jewish people. However, even right here, we see it go way beyond the Jewish people to the entire ends of the earth. And that coincides with the original Abrahamic covenant that God gave to Abraham in Genesis chapter 12. Because he told Abraham, he said, in your seed, meaning the seed Messiah, Jesus, that would come. Paul identifies that in Galatians chapter 3. And God promised to Abraham, he said, in your seed, all the nations of the earth will be blessed. And so, beloved friend, this call is still going forth today. And it is my privilege and my responsibility as reading through the word of God to deliver his message and this call to you as well. God is still calling out, look to me and be saved, all you ends of the earth, for I am God and there is no other. And then he goes on, he talks about how every knee is going to bow. You know, it's not a question of if you will bow and if I will bow. It's a question of when we will bow. Will we bow now or will we bow later? Because we will bow to the living Son of God, to the risen Savior, to the God of all the earth, and every knee will confess Jesus is Lord. So it's not a question of if we will. It's a question of when. You can choose to accept Him now. You can look to the Lord and be saved now and bow now and humble yourself now, or you can do it later. In, and then it will be too late for you if you choose to do it in that day. But I want to talk fo and focus really on this. Look to me and be saved all you ends of the earth. For there is no other salvation and there is no other savior. What does this word look mean? I mean, you know, right now we're in the season that the Christian church uh, calls Easter. 
I don't like that term myself. I believe it has pagan roots, and it's really concerning the death, burial, and resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. This is the season we are celebrating. He died on Passover in the year that he died. He was the Passover lamb. He was buried in the ground at the Feast of Unleavened Bread, and he rose as firstfruits from the dead, according to the Apostle Paul. He rose on firstfruits. So we really need to understand it in light of its true biblical roots and what it is. But we just yesterday celebrated what the church calls Good Friday, where we honor and remember the death of Jesus Christ on the cross, the crucifixion. So I want to talk a few minutes about some of what the word has to say. The, the call here through the prophet Isaiah that God is giving forth is look to me and be saved all you ends of the earth. Now, what does that word look mean? Does it mean just take a glance at? No. As a matter of fact, in the Hebrew, uh, the Hebrew word literally means to turn. To turn. It can mean to turn away from something or it can mean to turn toward something. It includes the element of turning toward with respect and regard. So God, in, in essence, we might... could possibly translated instead of look to me, turn to me and be saved. I don't know what direction you're going, but part of salvation and receiving the gift of eternal life that God offers is a turning to him. You know, when Moses was on the mountain and the bush was burning and, you know, it, Moses had to turn to the bush and it was when Moses turned to examine what was going on that God then called to him. The first step was Moses had to turn. He had to look upon it. He had to turn. And it's the same way with us. We turn to God. There is a, it's called repentance. It simply means to turn, to turn around. In other words, it's it's as if you're walking down a road and you are going in one direction and you completely do a 180 degree turn and you start going in the other direction. That's what repentance is. It's when we were going in one direction. We were going into sin. We were, we were following our sinful natures. We were following our selfish desires. We were in bondage to alcohol or drugs or, or pornography or, or pride or legalism or whatever it is. We were engulfed in this one direction and this one lifestyle and this one path that we were following. And when we turn, we can call out to God and turn. There's a repentance. There's a turning and come the other way. When he saves us, when we encounter him, when we come into that place where our heart calls out to him, he will respond. And there's a turning. There's a different direction that we now have. As Christians, we have turned and we've done a 180 and now we're going toward God instead of away from him. That's what this is saying. Turn to me and be saved, all you ends of the earth. The call is still the same. Look and live. Turn and live. Jesus even indicated this 
and used this example. I want us to go now to Numbers chapter 21. <clears throat> Excuse me. And in the book of Numbers 21, beginning in verse 4, it says this. Then they journeyed from Mount Hor by the way of the Red Sea to go around the land of Edom. And the soul of the people became very discouraged on the way. And the people spoke against God and against Moses. Why have you brought us up out of Egypt to die in the wilderness? For there is no food and no water, and our soul loathes this worthless bread, the manna that God had provided. So the Lord sent fiery serpents among the people, and they bit the people, and many of the people of Israel died. Therefore the people came to Moses and said, We have sinned, for we have spoken against the Lord and against you. Pray to the Lord that he take away the serpents from us. So Moses prayed for the people. Then the Lord said to Moses, Make a fiery serpent and set it on a pole, and it shall be that everyone who is bitten when he looks at it shall live when he turns to it. When he, when he looks in faith, he shall live. So Moses made a bronze serpent and put it on a pole, and so it was. If a serpent had bitten anyone, when he looked at the bronze serpent, he lived. The serpent has been representative of the devil of sin and the sin that he has brought into the world. And so they were, Moses was told to build this bronze serpent, put it on this pole, and they were to look in faith, not at the serpent. What they were looking at and had their faith was in was God who promised healing and deliverance to them if they would look in faith to what he spoke. That was the promise. So if you come over now to the New Testament, we find Jesus discussing something with Nicodemus, and he's trying to help him understand the truth about being born again, the truth about gaining eternal life through faith in Jesus Christ and in the death that he knew he was going to do. He is foretelling and prophesying of his own death right here in this passage. And in John chapter 3, I want to read beginning in verse 14. In verse 14, it says, And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness... Exactly what we just read in Numbers chapter 21. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so, in the same way, must the Son of Man be lifted up. In other words, I'm going to be crucified. I'm going to be lifted up on a pole, just like that serpent was put on the pole. And then in verse 15, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. In other words, you've got to look, you've got to turn to me looking with faith. And if you will look and truly believe in the work that I've done and in the promise of salvation and deliverance, then you will have eternal life. And then he goes on to the most beloved verse in scripture. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him 
might be saved. He who believes in him is not condemned, but he who does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. In other words, you're already condemned now. Jesus didn't come to condemn you further. He came rather to rescue you. He came rather to save you. He came rather to heal you and deliver you and turn you around on the path of righteousness, on a good path where you can receive blessing and peace and joy and other things that he wants to pour upon you. But you've got to turn to him. You've got to repent of your sins. You've got to call out to him and look to him in faith, believing in him. And he will then save you and you will be able to experience and to gain and to benefit and have everlasting life. And there is, God said in Isaiah, he said, there is no other God. There is no other Savior he is the just God and Savior, the only one and the one that every knee will bow to in time to come. At some point, you can bow now or you can bow later. I want to close with these last two thoughts. First of all, in the book of Acts in chapter 4, Peter is preaching here. And in verse 12, he finishes or he concludes, he says in here in verse 12, nor is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. There is no other Savior. There is no other name that you can be saved by except the name of Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus Christ is the only name given under heaven whereby we can be saved. Men, women, boys, and girls, whoever you are, he calls out to us each and every day. And we can look to him, turn to him, believe in him in faith and be restored and be turned around and given a brand new life and given eternal life. And God has established him just like it prophesied in Isaiah 45. We come along to the writings of Paul in the book of Philippians in verse in chapter 2, beginning in verse 9. It says this. Let's read in verse 8. This is talking about Jesus. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Therefore, God also has highly exalted him and given him the name, which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of those in heaven and of those on earth and of those under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Just exactly like was prophesied by Isaiah in Isaiah chapter 45. God has given a way of salvation. He is a just God and the only Savior. And it's only in one name. It is the name that God has given under earth whereby, or on, on the earth, whereby men must be saved. 
and it is the name of Jesus that every knee will bow to one day. My question to you is, do you know him? Have you turned to him and lived? And are you bowing now? Are you waiting? And that's a foolish decision because when you bow later, it will be too late and you will not have the opportunity at that time. The call is going out just like it did from Isaiah 45. Look to me and live all the ends of the earth. That's what God is calling out to everyone. Look, turn to him, believe in faith that he has died and paid the penalty for your sin. Repent of your sin, call upon him, ask him for forgiveness, turn to him and live. You will live and, and be blessed of the Lord, not only in this life, but in the life to come. Doesn't mean it's going to be easy and super easy and a life of a breeze. No, it's not that at all. But it does mean you'll have joy, you'll have peace. He will make you brand new and you will experience things that, that you can't even dream you could possibly experience. And he's calling it out to all the ends of the earth. Anyone, anywhere, everyone, everywhere. This offer is it being extended to. Oh, I pray that you will hear him today and call upon him and live. He is your Savior. He is the one that has come and sends forth the invitation. Will you respond? Will you bow now? Oh, hallelujah. I pray that you do. May the Lord bless you today, and I pray you can join us again for future episodes of Truth Tidbits. God bless you in Jesus' name. Amen.